Marshall, today we're talking about parasites. So tell me, what's a parasite? Um, I, I had a friend once who was like kind of a parasite. Like he never, like always slept on people's couches, never did the dishes, like never cooked his own food. He was living off you without giving anything in return, right? Well, not me, actually. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, a parasite is an organism that lives off another organism. <laughs> I suppose you could call it that. <laughs> a parasite is a mooch. <laughs> <laughs> a parasite is a mooch. Um, but usually we think about them in terms of, you know, tapeworms that live in your intestines and... Ooh, eat your worms. food as you eat it so you're not getting any of the nutrition or my favorite which is toxoplasma gondi a parasite that makes mice less afraid of cats so they're more likely to be eaten and then they can even get into humans when you're cleaning out their litter box and that's the only reason people like cats the science is still out on that but <laughs> if all parasites disappeared tomorrow do you think you would miss them no no I would not. People might think, oh, a world without parasites? Sign me up. That's Carl Zimmer. My name's Carl Zimmer, and I'm a columnist for the New York Times. Carl's about to tell us why scientists decided to imagine a world without parasites. It actually wouldn't be a great world to live in. You might actually miss those mind-controlling bloodsuckers. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Welcome to Tumble, the show where we explore stories of science discovery. Today on the show, we're talking about how scientists are discovering why the world needs parasites. And not just to make sure that there are no Twinkies in the pantry. first say how excited i am to have carl zimmer on our podcast he's like totally nerd famous he's he's the guy on radio lab yeah <laughs> nerd famous and he's always speaking up for parasites <laughs> he kind of loves them someone's gotta i think you know anybody who has uh, a fondness for horror movies or science fiction really has to love parasites because they're just so incredibly creepy yeah, I mean, how else are you going to execute your mind control schemes? A lot of people prefer just not to think about them at all. That would be me. If you can get over sort of the gross factor and really kind of get to know them better, they just are amazing. Humans are just starting to get to know parasites better, and it turns out they're pretty important. We don't really understand the full role of parasites in ecosystems because nobody even thought to look at it until, you know, I'd say the past couple of decades. Carl told me he's been following the work of two scientists who study parasites, Chelsea Wood from the University of Michigan and Pieter Johnson from the University of Colorado. And they did what's called a thought experiment, imagining what would happen if all parasites disappeared tomorrow. If you take out parasites from an ecosystem, uh, weird things may happen uh, and not necessarily good things. We're going to talk about what those weird things are in a bit. But first, it's important to understand that for hundreds of years, we've only thought about parasites as enemies. And they pretty much have us beat. Parasites are 
really the big winners in the history of life. So just if you just add up species, the parasites win big time. There are hundreds of thousands of species of parasites. Compare that to 5,000 species of mammals. That's like a lake full of them compared to a pond of us. Means that all animals probably have more than one parasite. Exactly. You've probably had several parasites. Especially when you think about viruses, they're technically parasites. Your pet can get a parasite. There's tons of parasites on farms between all the animals and all the plants. And so just think of all the pain in the world that's caused by parasites. Why is Carl taking the parasite side? Aren't they evil? I don't mean to downplay the dangers that parasites can pose. There are some parasites he will not defend. I have no problem, for example, with uh, us getting rid of a parasite uh, called the guinea worm, which basically gets into you when you drink contaminated water and then grows into a worm that's several feet long and crawls around in your connective tissue and then kind of slowly crawls out of a blister in your leg. That is horrible. Totally horrible. Um, It's cool, but it's horrible. It's only cool in the way that you think, like, oh, wow, it's amazing an animal evolved to do that. But it's so terrible. (laughs) My stomach is turning just thinking about it. But there's really good news. Guinea worm is about to be wiped off the face of the earth. Thanks to modern science. All right. Take that, guinea worm. So what would happen if we did that to all parasites? Yeah, so this is what those scientists were thinking about in their thought experiment. Just to give one example of what would happen if there were no parasites, there are species of flukes... Which are basically flatworms. They look like little blobs. ...that spend part of their life cycle in fish. Then they spend the next part of their life cycle in uh, wading birds and seabirds. Parasites often use more than one host during their lives. And the jump between two hosts, it's kind of a big deal. So they have to get from the fish to the birds. The parasites, which make themselves at home up in the fish's brain, change their host's brain chemistry to cause some really unusual behavior. What they do is actually manipulate the fish to be easier to eat. What happens is the fish start flailing around in, in the, near the surface of the water, basically saying to the birds, like, hey, I'm over here, you can catch me. So fish without the parasite don't do this. That makes sense. It's dumb. Yeah, The fish without the parasite are way more likely to be eaten, which is exactly what the parasite wants. So then the parasite gets into the bird, and then all is well. I mean, that really didn't work out too well for the fish, though. (laughs) The parasite then lays its eggs in the bird's poop, so the beautiful cycle of life can begin (laughs) again. Hatching an evil plan. (laughs) Yeah, I know, it sounds evil, but consider this. What if the parasites are actually doing kind of an important but dirty job? Here's where the scientists imagine a world without parasites. If you were to take those parasites out of that ecosystem, actually the the birds might have a harder time finding food. 
If the birds have a harder time finding fish to eat, maybe they can't feed their chicks, and then you have fewer birds or fewer predators in the ecosystem. If your population of predators is smaller, then the things that they are eating, their prey, are going to become more common. Isn't that good though? We got plenty of fish. No, not necessarily. If you have more of these fish,、um, they're going to be feeding more on the animals that are the next step down in the food chain. So more fish means fewer things that fish eat. There are fewer snails and other. Animals to graze on the algae. Algae is that slimy stuff that grows in the water. So now you could have more algae growing, and that could actually affect the whole salt marsh. That can make it harder for the marsh plants, the grasses, the reeds to grow. So the whole landscape might look very different. It might not be a marsh at all. In other words, if you take the parasites out of that ecosystem, the whole ecosystem could theoretically flip, and, and that would be pretty amazing. So you're telling me a brain-controlling parasite might keep everything in balance? Yeah, just like removing any other organism, say the bird or the fish or the snail, that would change the whole ecosystem too. The thing is that parasites are often invisible or ignored, but they're really an important part of the food web. But how can scientists actually know what would happen if there weren't any parasites? Because I mean, you can't actually go in and say like, okay. We're gonna see what happens when we remove every single parasite from the world, and then we'll go back and put them back in at the end. They can't. You're right, but that's the point of the thought experiment. It allows scientists to say something big about the role of parasites in the world based off the previous experiments that they've actually done. This is a thought experiment that's actually based on a lot of real research. It's a very scientific kind of imagination. You know they're very careful scientists. They do very rigorous experiments that take a long, long time to do. It's it's tough. With so many parasites in the world, it's like studying each grain of sand on a beach. This is one of those opportunities where these scientists were able to step back and say, "Okay, we've been doing this for years. What is this telling us in a really big picture way?" So what this is telling us is we should just accept them as part of nature, even though they're like kind of gross and maybe evil. Well, I don't think we can actually say that they're evil. They're just out there. They're doing their job, and it, it just happens to be a really ugly job. Yeah, I mean, someone's got to lay eggs in this caterpillar and have them hatch and eat it from the inside out. <laughs> It's a dirty job, but someone's got to do it. I mean, parasites aren't afraid; they're actually very brave. <laughs> We can't let this caterpillar go unlaid egg in. It would be a disaster for the ecosystem. Exactly. Let's consider them a necessary grossness. Thanks for listening to Tumble. If you listen to our show with kids, you might want to subscribe to our newsletter, The Tumble. Every Wednesday, we recommend a new episode from a podcast you probably haven't heard of. It's great for listening with kids. And we'll also be posting about our own show, giving you previews of upcoming episodes, and letting you know how you can get involved with the show. So subscribe at our website. 
HumblePodcast.com. For the first ever that we know of podcast recommendation newsletter for families. Thanks to Carl Zimmer for being on our show this week. And you can catch him in the New York Times Science section, Stat News, and sometimes on Radiolab. Sarah Lentz is our associate producer. This week, Michael Lentz, who is related to Sarah Lentz, contributed music. I also composed and arranged some original music for this episode. We had music from Broke for Free and Poddington Bear. Ashley Cox runs our marketing department. I'm Lindsay Patterson, and I write and produce this show. And I'm Marshall Escamilla, reminding you to tune in next time for more stories of science discovery. Music